and those who are joining us online. I want you, if you have some apparatus, to take some notes or get it in your mind. Um, if you need, I think we got paper and pens back there. Um, or I'm going to encourage you to watch this message again. Uh, there's going to be nuggets of revelation that is going to be released to you that is going to change your life. God is on the move. God is moving. God is moving in your life. God is moving in my life. How many know that God is on the move? Amen. Praise God he is. And so I want you to take some notes and ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. We're going to be starting the month of December in intercessory prayer for an hour. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to have you pick an hour that you're going to pray for the next 20 days in the month of December. And it's going to be that same time. Um, and we want you to pray and intercede uh, for uh, the body of Christ, for the nation, uh, for people that God puts on your mind and on your heart. We want to intercede for them. Because I still believe that this year is going to finish strong. Amen. I still believe that God is going to do what he has promised to do. That no devil in hell can prevent God from doing what he wants to do. I believe that with everything in me. That this is the greatest year. Come on. Amen. If you see from God's perspective, it really is. I lost some of you right there. What do you mean it's the greatest year, Pastor? Are you, what, what, your head's in the sand? No. God is on the throne. He's on the throne, and uh, I just believe that so many people are giving their hearts to Jesus that we just don't know about it yet. People all over this nation is turning to Jesus, and so that's a good thing. And so where the Lord is leading us is that um, he wants the church to take action. He wants the church to take action, and so I'm speaking, and when I say this, I want you to hear my heart in this. There's a difference between the American church and the church in America. There, there really is a difference. You may wonder what is the difference. The difference is that the church in America is the one that Jesus is building. It's the one where Jesus is building. And that is where my excitement comes from. Because to the church in America, his message is this. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being with us. I pray for these next few moments that your Holy Spirit will move on every heart as you speak to the church, the remnant, as you speak to the body of Christ that you are building. You said the gates of hell will not prevail against that church. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are ministering to us personally and prophetically in this hour. We honor, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I get to my title for the message today and speak to you about action, I want to share with you a quote that I believe summarizes the year of which we are living in and perhaps our culture. And I quote, we don't have to look very far to see the darkness in the world. We see much pain and destruction, so much needless suffering, so much hate, such clear failure of empathy, so many people crying out in distress, yet so few ears open to hear their cries. How do we battle such monstrous darkness? Turn with me, please, to Genesis chapter number 1. 
verse 2. As you know, Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, and what? Genesis chapter 3 are the three chapters that I am convinced and believe that every issue biblically and that pertains to your soul, it is found in. I'll say it again. If you are starting a study and you want to know how can I really understand God and and his plan for my life, I encourage you, Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. I can literally spend an entire year on those three chapters. Because I believe that they are foundational because after chapter 3, we see God restoring humanity back to his original purpose. And so in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Let me get you to the title of this message, because I began by quoting um, a statement that how do we battle such darkness? It is interesting that as we look into the scripture, that darkness appears so quick. Think about that for a moment. Then the first few chapters that Moses getting the revelation for a nation, he brings up darkness. He doesn't wait till chapter 4 where we actually see it manifest. He doesn't bring it in chapter 3 where we see it taking place. He brings it right from the beginning. He says, the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. Before I get to my title, I've got to paint a picture for you. You see, every time I have the opportunity to share God's word, I do the hard work of seeking God's confirmation that this is indeed the message that he has for us. I struggle, I'll admit with you, I struggle with seasons. I I struggle because, because there's an expectation that at certain seasons we're supposed to preach certain messages. And after a while we can miss God and we can interrupt the flow of God to bring a seasonal message just because that's what's on the calendar. And so I've made it my prerogative. I've made it my commitment to say, Father, I will preach in season and out of season as long as you are telling me what to share. Because what we need, what I need, what you and I need is we need a message from God that speaks directly to where we are personally, but also as a nation. It is critical that we understand that. So I do not preach just to you without preaching to myself first. Please understand that. And so yesterday as I was driving, as I was going through my notes, as I was saying, God, what message do I bring to the church that I love? And more importantly, what message do I bring to the church that you love? And as I'm driving on State Route 71 going south, obeying the speed limit, just a little bit over, but. I've never got a speed ticket in my life, and now, now, now it's a competition. I've never been caught, I should say, but, but I've, never, I've never had one. When I first bought my first car, it was a Volkswagen Jetta, and, and so I was excited to buy my own car. And I went to get insurance on the vehicle, and when, when, when the agent told me the price for the insurance per month, I said, I didn't ask you per year. I, I, I said, what is the insurance Per month, and he says, This is what it is. And I said, How in the world is it so high? He says, Well, based on your age, based on where you live, 
based on the type of car. You give me all the statistics, right, based on the type of car. But it says based on, on your age group and being a male, you tend to speed and you tend to get in accidents a lot more. So that's why the price is reflective of these statistics. And understand that I've been battling not being a statistic. Come on, coming from a single parent home. So I said to him then, well, how do I change that? And he says, well, if you, if you'd never get a speeding ticket, and I said, okay, um, I can control that. The other stuff I can't control what everybody else is doing, but I can control what I can do. And so he says, do that. And he says, and when you get married, I was like, okay, I was already planning that, but okay, when you get married and it'll drop and when you have children and different things like that. And so even though I'm pressured at times by people, come on, go faster. I tell them, no, 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 I'm competing with myself. Come on. I have never gotten a speeding ticket. And so it's a competition. It's not because I don't want to speed. It's like it's been years. Come on. And that's how I do things. I just wanted to share that with you because it was just something I wanted to share. You know what I mean? Um, um, And so I'm driving on 71 and I exit off and I key away, and, and I've exited off now because I'm, I'm going to return something uh, for my wife, and, and so being a good husband, and so I'm doing that, and, and I'm going to return something, and I pull off, and all of a sudden from the distance, as soon as I exit on, I key away, and, and as I'm going to make that right turn on, on Gemini, I noticed that there was a sign that was right there, and so when I looked at it, um, the sign from my distance, it says, please turn on your light. And so from the distance, that's what I thought it said. But as I got closer, I realized that that's not what it said. Now, it was raining. And so I thought, okay, that makes sense. It's right there. But it was an awkward place for it to be. And so I looked to make sure I had my lights on because it was raining. But as it got closer to it, that's not what it said. What the sign said was this. Please turn on the light. So I'm asking God for confirmation for the message. And I pull from a distance and I'm seeing, it said, please turn on your light. So I went ahead and was doing it. But as it got closer, it says, no, you can't turn on your light until you've turned on the light. Oh, I stopped right there, and I was hoping no one's going to honk me with their horn. You know, because I had to get a picture, but I just couldn't believe. I couldn't imagine. And so here is God in the most awkward place. Come on, exiting off of 71. He puts a sign right there for God's word to his church. I'm here to tell you, don't miss the signs that God is giving to you. Please turn on the light. And that is the message. What a difference. And God is saying, no, no, no. You got it right. Please turn on your light. But that's after you understand. Please turn on the light. And so he brought me back to Genesis again. And he says, stay in Genesis. So the title of this message is please turn on the light. And so what it really was was a children's book that, that an author wrote, Jen Ascroft. She wrote the book. And it was really neat because I'm on the internet. I'm looking at it. I'm like, God, look at this confirmation. And he's saying he's teaching children not to be afraid of the dark. The book was written for children to, to realize the true nightlight. And so she wrote this book and was saying, and God was saying, children cannot be afraid of the night, nor should the church be afraid of the darkness. Because he begins right, right there 
dealing with, with darkness. Now, now, if I have your attention, please, and, and before I go further into Genesis, I just want to break something down to you as a quick reminder from, from last Wednesday. Because the Lord showed me was this, as I talked about, called out of darkness. He says, for the most part, what the church understands darkness is what I shared, those four things. I talked about the problem of darkness. I, I, I talked about the plague of darkness. I also, when I was talking about darkness, I, I was talking about, about, about some other stuff about darkness. And, and as I was, and I was ministering to it, God said to me, those are surface things of darkness. Those are surface things of darkness. The thing that I left out was the power of darkness. And God says, I'm not dealing with that yet. He said, I've got to deal first with just the natural. I've, I've got to get to a place when you turn on the light, you deal with some of those things, right? Call the problem of darkness which hinders our creativity, right? And the pleasure of darkness, which really harms our children. He said, the enemy knows if he doesn't make darkness pleasurable, we won't see the danger of it. And so what he says is, I'm about to deal with the power of darkness. Watch this now in Genesis. Because he begins and he says, darkness was on the face of the deep. He begins with that. And now, watch this now, he deals with the surface things so you can know how to live in the midst of darkness. He doesn't take out Satan yet. Come on. Which is the power of darkness. He deals with the elements, come on, that cause the chaos. And so he deals with the chaos, knowing that if you understand the God who deals with the chaos, you can always walk and conquer it. Oh, get this right. Because people ask, why was the enemy in the garden? Why was, why was people of perfection in the midst of someone that can bring imperfection? And so we say we must understand how power of darkness works. And that's why right in the beginning, he begins by saying, and darkness was on the face of the deep. He's telling a nation who just came out of darkness, don't fear it. He's speaking to a nation. He's speaking to a church that's saying darkness exists. But don't fear it. Don't, 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 don't fear it. Because it says to turn on the light means this. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, and the spirit of God was hovering. Over the face of the waters. We cannot function. Come on. Without the Holy Spirit. You must have the Holy Spirit. Outside of that you will have a form of godliness. But you deny the power that exists. And so when you turn on the light. Is where you recognize now. That the Holy Spirit has room to move in your life. The Holy Spirit has moved, has room, excuse me, to move in your life. And so when everything was great, now verse 3 says of Genesis chapter 1, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Watch that. And God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So watch this now. First note, take this down. You have to plug into the light. That's the first thing. You have to plug into the light. Every living thing in our world relies on light for its existence. Everything. That's why the song we were singing, the last song that Richard was singing, it says, you give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness. Come on. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. What a powerful song. 
Now, not every song that is written we can sing corporately. There are songs that are, that, you know, that are written and that we sing. And I would tell Megan as we're driving, I says, we really can't sing that corporately because it, it's a great Christian song, but it's not worship. It, it, it's, not, it's not theologically sound. It, it, it is good for people who like Christian music. And that's okay. I'm not saying we shouldn't listen to those things. But I'm saying that there are certain songs, come on, that speaks to the depth of the theology of God. And so when you read a song like you give life, come on, you're speaking Genesis. You are love. You speak Genesis. You bring light to the darkness. Come on, come on. That means you're plugged into the light. When you say that, you give life, I'm plugged into the light. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. That's Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. Come on. But look at it. You give hope. You restore. That's Genesis chapter 4. Come on, somebody. Every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. And so, and so as he was singing that, I'm like, that's when he know you're plugged in. And we need people who are plugged in, ready to bring prophetic word. We need people who are plugged in to bring prophetic word to your children, to your workplace, come on, to your environment, that you are plugged in to the light. How do you know that you're plugged into the light? Because you will look at the four things that was mentioned in Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 to 5. The first thing when you're plugged into the light, you will always begin by saying, and God said. You'll be able to distinguish between your opinions and what God said. And what God said is based on God's word. Right? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So, the first thing is this. What did God say? Oh, come on. In every decision. Every decision. Listen, I love this statement. That, that gravity affects the very sand on the beach. Come on. The little things, gravity affects. But it also affects the planets. Come on. And the stars. So what God is saying, no matter the small things or the big things, always begin by what did God say? God said, let there be light. And not only did God say what God said, God saw that the light was good. Why would he have to say that? Because it came from him. Come on. He said it came from him. And he says it is, it is good. God ordained our destiny. It's our good news. That it means that the light, God said it and it was good. It wasn't like God said something and it was bad. Come on. God said it, and God said it was good. Then what God did was this. Now, ready? So the first thing was I'm plugged into the light is God said, and then I see what God said. So if it's not good, I'm not messing with it. Come on. If it's not good, if it's not giving life, I'm not messing with it. Why? Because what God says, God says it's good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so he then says now, he separated the light from the darkness. So God said, God saw, and God separated. 
And I'm here to tell you that when you recognize who you are in Christ, you live a separate life. Because God is the one who separates you, first and foremost, unto himself. He separates you unto himself. He says, come to me. You're plugged into the light. And we're going to see this in the book of John, how John expands on this even in more detail. And so there are people right now, they're just stuck at the first one. I don't know what God said. I have no idea what God is saying about our nation. I have no idea what God is saying about how to raise my children. I have no idea what God is saying about my finances. I have no idea. Listen, I'm here to tell you, get in your closet and says, God, I'm not getting out until you tell me what you are saying because I cannot come on, penetrate the darkness without getting the light. I'm going to plug into the light. And so he says he separates. And then he calls the light day. He calls it the light day. Okay, so, so why is it, why is it that, that when I turn on the light, I'm first plugged into the light, and these four things are consistent. God said, God saw, God separated, God called. This is what Adam really needed to remember when the enemy came in. Because the first thing Satan went and said, what did God say? And then he looked to what he saw. Come on. And then he separated the fruit from the tree. Come on. And then all of a sudden, night came in. His eyes were open. But in reality, he became dark. And so what happened was God dealt with the surface darkness because he empowered Adam and Eve to deal with the power of darkness. And so because of that now is where we get the word became flesh and dwelt among us because the Adam came and said, I must deal with the power of darkness. Because we cannot function without recognizing who we are. And so what is important is this. Around me, ready for this? Who are plugged into the light. (laughs) That's the people I want around me because they'll be able to see some things perhaps that I'm blinded to, right? But if you're plugged into the light, you're going to be able to come and say, God said, and you're going to be able to see what God said. So the things that the enemy is telling me is good, you, because you're plugged into the light, he says, no, 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 that's bad. Don't call evil good and good evil. And so because you can see it now, you can come, and if you got to physically separate me, come on, I'm going to embrace that. Why? Because I want to be a person of the day and not of the night. And that's why the enemy brings division. That's why he brings dissension. Because it doesn't want a prophetic person to connect in your life. Come on. Because you assume that when they're plugged into the light, it's to expose you. No, it's to expose that devil. It's to expose that darkness that's trying to kill you. Come on. Come on, somebody. we got to recognize you've got to help me. Because you're plugged into the light. You're plugged into light. Because darkness simply is just the absence of light. In the surface level. But when we go deeper, darkness occupies space and time. And so we have to realize that. And so, and so we've got to get to this place where point number two is this. Recognize the presence and protection of light. That's the second point. So I'm plugged into the light. That was Adam. He was plugged into the light. That was Eve. They were plugged into the light. Creation. Everything was good. When God finished, he said it was good. Someone say it's good. Come on. It's so good because God's character and his creation is all over it. But the second thing we need to understand now is the presence and protection of light. 
And so in John chapter 1, which I believe John knew the Torah. He knew the first five books of the Bible. And so I believe the Holy Spirit was leading John as he's writing to this Greek audience. And he's telling this Greek audience in John chapter 1 verse 9. He says, the true light, which give light to everyone, was coming into the world. So in other words now, now he switches it because in Genesis chapter 1, we see natural light. We see that, right? And so the plants and everything, they need the light. That's why they couldn't be made at the end. They had to begin, let there be light. And so there's a natural light that the plants and living things need. But when he also says he's separated, he was also bringing into place the revelation that we needed, right? And so now John is saying, it's not just about the natural light. John is saying you need the presence and the protection of light. You need revelation. Revelation, hence the book he wrote called the book of Revelation. (laughs) And so here John writes the most about life. And what he's saying is this, is that we need the presence and the protection of life. So here's here's the deal. So if you're plugged into the light and I allow and give you access into my life, your presence should bring a sense of protection because you're bringing light to the situation. You're bringing revelation to the situation because you're recognizing, you're telling me, please turn on the light. You can't see what the enemy is doing. So I'm going to come now, increase the wattage. Come on. So you can see now. So light brings love because you want my life to reflect the things of God. And so in John chapter 1, verse 9, presence and protection of life. And if we go uh, earlier in the book of John, we see where it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We see where uh, John the Baptist says he wasn't the light, but he came as a witness of the light. And so the presence and protection of light shall always be around when the body of Christ gets together. Please understand the enemy is strategic. The enemy knows exactly what he's doing. The enemy loves to bring division. Come on. It's not about disagreement. It's about division. He knows it's about the light. It's about the light. And so he's saying that the presence and the protection of light. So here is why we gather together or we watch it online if that's your preference. I don't come together because it's something I do on Sundays. Are you already mind? I can find a million things to do on a Sunday. Come on. Of course we can. We come together because it's about the presence and the protection to know I'm not alone, to have other people who God is using prophetically to speak into my life because God may give you a word. Come on, when you're sleeping, God may drop my name into your spirit and I want you to get up, come on, and say, God, touch Pastor Rowe. I don't know what that devil is trying to do to him and his family, but in the name of Jesus, darkness, you got to go. You've got to go. And when we come together, you ask, what was going on last week because I felt that I need to pray for you. That's why I come together. Come on. I know we got the telephone and I know we got Zoom, but there's something when we physically come together. It's not about breaking the rules. There is something that happens. Come on. That is absolutely amazing when we come together worshiping and giving God praise and glory. There's something that happens when we come together. We give light to everyone. So here, everyone can see the light. Now you have to understand how this works. Because why didn't Jesus live to the age of 90? 
Why didn't Jesus live to the age of 100? I mean, Adam lived forever. Come on, the longest person, you know, not only, why didn't he live so long? Why was he only on the earth, according to theologians, 33 and a half years? Why was the age of 30? Now, there's a reason why 30 he started his ministry, because that was significant. But why only three and a half years? Because the real goal was to restore us back to the original intent of God for us to rule and reign on the earth. And in three and a half years, come on, he was able to fulfill his mission as being the light to the world. And now he's given that to us like God originally gave it to Adam to say, be the light. So it's about the presence and the protection of light. And so now in John chapter 9, you see, he's going right back to the original. How many know God didn't change his mind? He did not change his mind. Listen, this is what Lord put in my spirit. You can redefine the church and you can redesign it. Come on, come on. But that's not going to change what God is doing here. And we got to shut those people up who are trying to redefine the church, who's trying to re, come on, come on. They're trying to re, re is a biblical God of Pharaoh. Come on, somebody. And so we're not going to redesign nothing. What God did is good. It was good in Genesis. It's good in America. It's good right now. Now, God is still saying the church is about the presence and the protection of light. And so people are trying to redefine. God is saying, we're trying to redefine. Be what I've already designed. I've designed you to be light, good God Almighty. So God is saying, let there be light. And people are like, what God, what are you saying? Be light. God, what are you saying? Be light. Are you going to change your mind? I don't change my mind. I'm not a man that I shall lie. When I say something, I mean it. Come on, somebody. I know the plans I have for you, saith God. Plans to prosper you. I wish I had somebody that needs that promise. I know the plans that I have for you. Moses says, don't send me, God, unless your presence goes with me. I need your presence. I need the glory of God. I need you, God. I'm going into foreign territory, and I can't go in darkness. I've got to go in the light. His presence and the protection of life. And that's why. That's why I love fellowship, not just because I'm a people person, but my God, I love fellowship. Why? Because I believe that God speaks to people. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you how this thing works. When I was writing out my notes for the month of November and writing everything out, and, and I was, there was a place in my note where I said, I am coming into the light, and I stopped right there. And if it wasn't for the, for the parent conference, well, Loguel spoke about the light and the transparency. I would have missed what God is doing. Thank you for showing up, LaGuardia. Come on. And for speaking the word of God. Your presence gave substance to what the spirit of God was telling me to do. He said, stop right there. I need someone to partner with you on. Come on, somebody. I can take you by yourself, but it's no fun. Come on. How can two agree? Come on. How can two walk unless they agree? And so God says, stop right there. I'm bringing somebody else in. And they're going to open up their mouth. And their presence and protection of light is going to add to what I told you to speak about. Could God have just done it without her? He could have. But it wouldn't have been fun. Come on. And it wouldn't have made the event creative as opposed to just scheduled. And so I'm here to tell you, be safe. But for God's sake, don't get stuck.
Because if you're stuck, you'll stay in darkness and not see the light because the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so our presence and protection of light is what's causing this world not to go totally crazy. If you think what you're seeing now makes you pull your hair out, well, for some, for me anyways, but if you think this is bad, Come on. If you think what's going on right now is bad, and I am by far a doomsday preacher. Uh-uh. I still believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's on the throne. And when it gets darker, the light should shine more. So if it's getting dark out there, oh, I don't want to jump to my Easter message, excuse me, resurrection message, but I got to. Because when it gets darker, God is at work. Come on, somebody. And I'm here to tell you our theme for resurrection Sunday, come on, for 2021 is called the real power. That's when God's going to show how we dealt with the power of darkness. I wish I had somebody in here. Come on. There is something called raw power. And raw power is for the warfare. But real power? Oh, good God. That opens up the grave. Come on. Real power. Says roll back the stone. God Almighty. I am the resurrection and the life. Real power. Says though he died, yet he will live again. That's real power. And church, it's time to use a raw power because God has given Giving us real power. Your presence and protection of life. So the person beside you, come on, they're walking in something, but they've got to turn on the light. Mm. Turn it on. Come on, somebody. Turn on the light and see what God is doing in your life. Because here's what he says in John chapter 9, verse 4 and 5. We must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming. That's John 9. Verse 4 and 5, when no one can work, when no one can work, we must work the work of him who sent me. So here now, Jesus is letting him know about the relationship with the father of lights. He's going back to what I preached on Sunday, last Sunday, about the father of lights. And so even Jesus, who is the Christ, is saying, I'm doing the work that the father of lights, come on, sent me to do. And look what he says, we must work the work. He doesn't say, I must work the work. He says, we must work the work. Now, what he says is, I'm going to the cross. That's why at the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, you guys stay here. I'm going to go over. And he says, Father, let this cup pass to me if it's possible. Why? Because none of us were righteous enough to go to the cross. Come on. And so he says, I've got to go to the cross so that you can be righteous now. But he's saying that the work that we must do, we must do it together. So there's things that only Jesus can do, but there's things that he has commanded us to do. And so it says, if you're plugged into the light, you're plugged into me. So when someone gives their heart to Jesus, it's bigger than just a sinner's prayer. It's the saving power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now the light is on and they can see hope. They can see joy. Giving your heart to Jesus is the greatest thing you can ever do. That's real joy. Come on. It's not like, oh, I got to give my heart to Jesus. Are you out of your mind? You get to plug into the light. You get to have life. My God. Every moment I think about what Jesus has done for me and how he saved me. So the motivation for my work is I want to please the Father. That's the motivation. I can't have my own agenda. Everything I do has to be about I want my light to shine. 
And so Jesus comes and says, I must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. He goes right back to Genesis again. While it is day, while there is light, both natural and spiritual. Jesus is talking about both because he's Jesus, 100% man. And he's Christ, 100% God. And so he speaks to both dimensions. Come on. He speaks to the presence, Jesus. Come on. And the protection, Christ. And so the work we do is a partnership with the Spirit of God. You see, he used the word we because he recognized that time is of the essence. And so what is the work that we must do? Ready for this? The work that we must do is to bring truth to the world. Right? Because darkness also means ignorance. See, darkness intimidates, but darkness also means ignorance. And so what we're supposed to do in our work is to bring truth to the world, right? And so we speak the truth in love, but the component of our work is to bring truth. So here's the difference. So you can be a really good person, right? And you can help the poor, which is all great. But if you don't bring truth, you have not brought the light. Because every person is created in the image of God. And the reason why someone who's not saved can still do good works is a reflection and a reminder that they are the creation of God. But it doesn't mean that they're walking in truth. Hello? So the person who has a heart for the poor, if they would plug into the light, they would have a heart for the world. Come on, somebody. And so what we're doing is you already have the characteristics of God. Now come into the light and be a child of God so that your work will bring truth and not just morals. See, we're trying to fight to be morally good people. And he says, nah, that's not how it works. We want a nation that establishes truth because we can argue over morals. But you can't argue over truth. And so the work we do is to bring truth. And why? Because that's what's attractive to people. And so we have to understand that our presence in this world is to protect the light. So therefore, our unity, come on, makes the light brighter and brighter. They call that going from glory to glory to glory to glory. Why is it that we need the light to shine? Why is it that we need the presence and the protection of light? Here is why. Because they didn't have light poles like we have. Didn't have electricity like how we have. You plug it in. That's not how it worked. When it got dark in Jerusalem, it got dark. The only light you had was the moon and the stars. It wasn't like when you're driving your car and you have these night, you know what I mean? That's That's not what it was there. So in their time, when he's saying be the light, they're recognizing now, hold on a second here. It's either they had a, 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 a lamp, you know what I mean, that had oil, and they would pour in the fire. So fire was a part of also giving light, the fire did. But what he was saying here in this and bringing truth was the reason why we need the presence of protection of light. And the reason why God brings us all together, do you really think God is concerned about when we meet? Come on. Come on. He's just saying you got to meet. Paul wrote in Hebrews, don't forsake the assembly as some has made the habit of. They were being persecuted big time, and they were thinking of quitting, so they came together. They weren't coming together to do some of the stuff we do in church. 
Hello? It definitely wasn't a performance. They got together and said, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. They came together and said, man, they, they, they got my property. And you really think this church thing is going to work? And somebody would be like, oh, yeah, because they got my property last month. But I'm here to tell you that God has provided, come on, that God is keeping me and that enemy, we're about to defeat him, come on. That's when they came together. And so, and so what was important was this, that in Jerusalem, if somebody in the home had went on a journey and it got dark and it was night, they have to find their way back home. So because in the temple, the light was to burn continually, that when they would enter into the city, oh, good God Almighty, while everything else was dark, guess where it had light? The temple had light because the temple was shining. And as long as they saw the temple, they knew they were getting to the city. Come on, somebody. And so what God is saying, there are people who are wandering on this journey, who have wandered into darkness. They want to come back home. But if the church has lost its light, if the church does not shine bright, if the church is not plugged in, we got people wandering around in darkness and trying to find truth because they don't know where to go. But we've got to be the church that we plug into the light and we can tell people come on come this way there is light here in the temple of God you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and if the spirit of God dwells inside of you your presence and your protection will cause people to find their way home we must become lights we're bringing the truth to the world and so we've got a we've got a nation looking around in darkness and thinking where to go and here's the question if the church becomes dark just like them, you both are going to fall in the ditch. Come on. How can the blind lead the blind? We're both going to fall in the ditch. What we've got to do is plug into the light. Come on. And we've got to declare God's presence is here and God's protection is here. And he does sit on the throne. It's not just a, a lawn sign for me. It's not just a put in the ground, Jesus 2020. I literally believe Jesus 2020. Come on. And I'm going to live it. I'm going to manifest in everything that I do. I'm going to do the work. Of bringing people to the light. We must tell people the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Okay. So I came into the church. Christ has saved me. Now what's next? And here's what he says now. Third point. Believe in the light. And become sons of light. So the first two points I mentioned to you. They were about your belief system. They're about your belief system. Again, Genesis chapter 1 deals the entire chapter about your belief system. Now we move to Genesis chapter 2 about your becoming. So in Genesis chapter 1, what does it say? And God said, let's make man in our likeness in our image, right? And, and, and let them have dominion and everything like that. And it was a belief system. It was God. And God said it was good. Now in Genesis chapter 2, he actually puts the body to it. And he now says in Genesis chapter 2, let us take man from the dust to the ground. And now it says, Become. So now we're moving into the become. So it's one thing to believe, but it must move into a become. If you are plugged into the light, you have to become the light. And so this is what the Lord's been put on my heart for so long, that he wants the church. What, watch this now. It's time that people walk in freedom and not just deliverance. Church, people need to walk in freedom and not just deliverance. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
You can't just walk in deliverance because you may become religious. Come on. We're talking about freedom. And freedom is when you are becoming what you believe. It's not about the behavior yet. No, no, no. That's chapter 3. Chapter 2 is about becoming. And he breathed into them and says, become. And so you're becoming. And so in John chapter 12, he says this now. Uh, verse 35 and verse 36. Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. W- w- work while you have the light, lest darkness overtakes you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. Verse 36, and here it is now. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. I believe John's bringing right back to Genesis chapter 2. And he said, this is what you now must become. You must become sons of light. If this doesn't get you to a place of recognizing your identity, I don't know what else can. He's actually saying, how you see me operate for the last three and a half years, be that. What? You mean the miracles? Yeah, do that. You mean the way, do that. The way you took care of the, be that. What, you want me to be exactly like how you were? Yeah, be exactly like that. Be like Jesus. Come on. Be like Jesus because Christ lives in you. And so be like Jesus is you acknowledging the light that's in you. Now, the devil has grabbed this with this new age movement stuff. This is the lights in you and the lights in you. And I'm like, that. listen, that, listen that's not the light. Do not head to the tunnel. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I saw a light. Whoa. Hold on a second here. Make sure it's biblical. You see what I'm saying? So when the Lord's bringing you home, yes, you see that. You know, he's calling you to glory. Yes. But be careful because the Bible says that the enemy is like an angel of light. Disguising himself. People to miss what the light is. And so he goes, we're going to be that. And so what he's saying is this, is that light is the revelation of God's love in Jesus Christ and the penetration of that love into lives darkened by sin. And this is where we're at now. And this is where I'm so excited about. Because here's what God is saying. The freedom the church must walk in, and I'm including myself into it, is not just deliverance. The moment I gave my heart to Jesus, I was delivered. August 16th, that moment, the moment you accepted Jesus Christ. I don't care if you were in your bedroom. I don't care if you, wherever you were, when you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you were delivered instantly from sin. What this text is saying now is that he wants to penetrate the dark places by sin. He doesn't just want to, to, to just live with sin, come on, and tolerate sin. He wants to penetrate, come on. Ooh, that is so good right there. So as Pastor Teresa said, come on, the best is right now. It's not waiting for the sweet by and by. The best is right now. And so he's saying that if you believe in the light, you become like the light. And so when you believe, ready for this? And here's a quote. When you believe in Jesus as your precious light, when you follow him as your truth and your wisdom and your way and your beauty, you have, the, you have his light. You are the son of light. And so ready for this now? When you become, this is so important. Come on, this is so important. When you become the light, watch this now. He puts you into another family. When you become the light, he puts you into another family. And what he's saying now 
is that you now, ready for this? Because you're in this family, he says the light will never go out. Let, let me rephrase that. He puts you in a family so your light will never go out. So as long as you stay in the presence and the protection of the light, it will never go out. Because people will encourage you, don't turn off the light. And the moment, that's why the enemy says, let me separate you. And watch what happened, right? Watch what happened. The moment they ate the fruit, they went and they separated from God. Come on. God separated light from darkness. And the devil wants to separate light from darkness as well. And so he goes in and he says, watch this now. The light will never go out. This light will never go out. This light will never go out. Remember, we came to this church and they were saying, who in their right mind is going to come to Mary? Come on. And God says, I got me somebody. Come on. somebody. I know it's not proper English, but I got me somebody. Because God is saying, as long as there is a human being, come on. Hey, come on, like Teresa who sit at the steps and says, you will not shut this church down. Come on, somebody. You will not close this door. My God, you got to get that mindset. It says, devil, you will not win. Come on. You must flee from my life. This light will never go out. He brought me here. I brought my wife here. Remember, we sat on the steps. There was four of us. It was me, Danny, Lizzie, Megan. And I said, God, I don't normally do this. Come on. I normally stay for a couple of years. It gets into a place and I leave. And God says, oh, no, this is home. Come on. This is where life is. Come on. This is where you're moving to. I'm like, God, what? This is where you're moving to. Because he's saying as far as God is concerned. I don't know about you. And I don't know about you. And I don't know about any other church in this city. But I'm here to tell you, this light will never go out. Come on. We will always be the light of this world. And I'm asking you to join me. Come on, somebody. I'm asking you to join with me. And let us penetrate the darkness. Let us have people who become sons of light that shine to this nation and says, there is hope. There is restoration. Great are you, Lord. This light will never go out. Come on, somebody. Oh, shaka, ba, ba, ba. My God, I feel this in the tip of my belly. This light will never go out. The darker it gets, the more I worship God. The harder it gets, the more I worship God. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice that wants to stand to your feet and declare, devil, this light will never go out. It'll never go out. Your kids are in the darkness. It is never going well. I got kids that need to come back home. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Come on, come on, come on. I know it looks dark out there. Come on. But keep the light burning. Keep the light. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. The light will never go out. Never go out. In my sickness, it's not going out. In my struggle, it's not going out. This light will never go out. The enemy can try to blow on it. Come on. But I already got the breath of God. Come on. The enemy can try what he wants. But I've got the breath of God inside of me. This light will never go out. And so I said, God, I love this church. Because you love this church. I'm here to tell you right now, 
the light's not going out. There is life here. There is life here. And the best is, come on, the best is right now. I know 2020 looks like a weird year. Come on, somebody. But when we get to Resurrection Sunday, come on, somebody. I know it looks bad right now. But there are things that seem like it's dying. But the light's going to come. Come on. And there's going to be a resurrection. So my final point is, how do we do this? How do we keep the light from never going out? My final point is this. Put on the armor of light. Put on the armor of light. This is my final point. Romans 13 verse 12 says this. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness. And put on the armor of light. Now when studying this, it's interesting because an armor is meant to conceal at times. That they would put the armor on and you couldn't tell. That's why there, there was a person who was a leprous. Uh, he had leprosy, but you couldn't tell because they had the armor on. But when it comes to this armor, it's different. It's not the armor that camouflages so you can hide in the environment. What he's saying is this. If you put on the armor of God, you're not supposed to be camouflaged with the culture. Come on. You're not supposed to fit in with the culture. Come on. This armor pulls you out. And that's why we don't want to put our armor on because we don't want to be separate from the night. Come on. But what Paul is saying is this, that when you put the armor on, it is a weapon and a tool. Write that down. The armor is a weapon and a tool. And so what he's saying here is this, that you put the armor on. He's saying that, it, that, 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 that you must wear it, that you wear the armor, and it teaches you how to live. Now your behavior. So he doesn't go automatically right to your behavior. No, no, no. He deals with your belief system. He deals then with you who are becoming. And now he says, you have to go out there and you have to behave. You have to behave by having the armor of light on. So you have to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And how do we do that? Thanks for asking. Here's how we do it. We must throw away any works of darkness, any worthless that distracts us from being effective in shining the light. So we have to look at our lives and say, what am I doing that's worthless that I need to do in the day? Come on. Because these things that I'm doing, because here's the deal. When you really navigate through it, it is really becoming a God. The things that distract us and the works of darkness are really a God in disguise. And so it says, for all the gods of the people, Psalms 96 verse 5, are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. And so when we talk about idols, people think like, oh my gosh, I don't have these shrines in my house. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying anything that will attempt to blow the light out is an idol. Woo. And so therefore, there are people that are trying to blow the light out. You don't have to believe God for that. Come on. What did Satan do? Did God really say, he's trying to blow the light out? And so here's the, here's the thing. How, if you have the armor of God on, the first thing is this, we're visible. If you have the armor of light on and you turn on the light, you are now visible. So people know who you are. People know where you are. You are awake to the light. You are accountable and available to Jesus Christ and his body. Come on. You are not only visible with the armor of light. You are also vulnerable. 
because the armor made them visible, they were now vulnerable. Ooh, my goodness. I can sit on this for hours, but I won't. Because this is when it gets uncomfortable, and this is when we say it don't take all that. When you meet somebody who knows that without God, they're not going to survive. You can't contain their praise. When you, come on, when you meet somebody, oh my goodness, see, when the prodigal came home, come on, they threw a party. That was noticeable. And what it did was it exposed the elder brother, come on. So the visible party and all the celebration exposed the elder brother. And what he failed to do was this. Turn the light on. And so he saw himself as a victim. Why? Because to have the party, he needed the elder brother's stuff. So just like the younger brother who said, give me what belongs to me and took those things as God. So did the elder brother saw the things in the house as his and they were God's. Come on. Because whenever we use something that God didn't design for it to be, you've abused it, whether it's rebellion or religious. And so he became vulnerable. And so instead of him realizing vulnerability is not being a victim, vulnerability is saying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You see, vulnerability where you come parent faith is where you allow the light to pass through so the object behind can be distinctly seen. And I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but, but when, when the girl was starting to speak, again, I said, don't you know our theme? And the way she started was right the gate was vulnerability, and we're getting Kleenex. Everybody was crying. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's a parent conference. Why are we crying? Because she became vulnerable. Because of that, the light came through that I needed to hear my message. So, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, my behavior created me a clean heart. And here's the third thing we'll leave with this. We are victorious. We are victorious. We are victorious. The light penetrates the darkness of our heart. The light now shines out the good light of God into the world. TGP. Church in America, let me leave you with this final prophetic word. When you realize your identity, it gives you courage and strength to appropriately respond in faith to the light in us and not react in fear to darkness around us. That's where the problem is. That's why every major issue facing this nation, that's where the problem is, is that the church should be the light and we respond to the light, not react in fear to the darkness. That's where the problem is. That's why the enemy is winning. He says we must respond in faith to the light in us. Let your light shine. And what we are doing is we're reacting in fear to the darkness around us. Please hear my heart. I'm not saying don't be safe. What I'm telling you is don't be stuck. 
God is saying, if we want to have courage and strength to appropriately respond, we must respond, ready, in faith to the light in us and not react in fear to the darkness around us. How do as a na- how as a nation do we shine? We turn the light on. We turn the light on. And every work of darkness will be exposed for what it is. And church, if we can't agree on truth, God help us. This nation is in serious trouble. And the truth is this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let there be light. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I want you to be honest with yourself. If you've looked at your walk with the Lord and it's just been mediocre the next message that I'll share in December is keep the light shining it's actually our game plan it's actually how we're going to do things we're going to end 2020 in victory we are the enemy that's God is not shaken by all this stuff he really isn't he's not I think he's grieved but he's not shaken. And so in December, we're going we're gonna to talk about keep the light shining because I believe the greatest harvest is going to be in 2020. Now, this may be the greatest fall in the way, but it's also the greatest harvest. And so if your walk with the Lord has been one that has not been aggressive, it's not been one where, God, I'm visible People know that I'm the light. Come on. People know that the light lives in me. I want to pray for you because people need your light. People need the light inside of you. They do. They do. They do. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now. I pray that we become people who are visible. Visible in our beliefs. Visible that we're becoming more like Christ visible that we are shining our light so bright so people can come to know you as Lord and Savior. Father, I surrender everything to you and I want to be that light. I want the light of Christ to shine in and through me. People may know that you are real and that you are God. Let this be your prayer this week. Father, help me to respond in faith to the light that's in me. And not react in fear to the darkness around me. Let that be our prayer, Lord. Everything you do from now on is the response in faith. Because the Bible says anything that's done without faith is sin. Father, bless your people right now. And by your grace and the fullness of the Spirit, 
we will never, ever let the light go out. In Jesus' name. Spend the next 10 seconds, just give God some praise and glory. We're finished. Just give him praise and glory. Just let your light shine. Come on. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Please turn on the light. For there's a world that's living in darkness that needs to know the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Turn on the light. Father, as we launch from this place, we never want to leave your presence. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.